Hi, this is Pete Byrne from Naked Eyes, and you're listening to the New Wave Music Podcast. Oh, is something there to remind me? Welcome to the first episode of the second season of the Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave Music Podcast. I'm your friend, as always, T-Bone. And as always, this is Steve. Hey, Steve. You know, we've gained a lot of listeners over that first season, and we just wanted to quickly reiterate for those that may be a little bit newer as to why we do this podcast. Steve, you know as well as I do that most of these bands that we cover, uh, you know, they really don't get any airplay on the radios. It's it's very unfortunate. That's a shame. Yeah, you know, and there are actually some huge bands, especially back in the 80s and early 90s, and it's just unfortunate fortunate that they don't get uh, the kind of recognition that they do. So we are here to review newer albums from those core 80s and early 90s artists. And uh, so Steve, shall we jump on in? Let's do it. Okay. So let's jump into our first review today. This is going to be for the newest Naked Eyes album. Uh, The title of the album is Disguise the Limit. And I thought that was kind of a clever title for this one. It came out in 2021, last year. Uh, You're clearly going to remember a number of songs from them, including Promises, Promises. What in the name of love? And their mega hit, Always Something There to Remind Me. And every step I take reminds me of just how it used to be. How can I forget you, girl? There is always something there to remind me. Steve, this is only the fourth studio album for the band. Yeah, that really surprised me. Looking at this, I'm like, am I missing something? I thought they've, I thought to me, Naked Eyes had a lot of albums, but that just shows some of their songs have had a, a deep run or influence, and wow, I was really shocked this is only their fourth studio album. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's probably because we're all so familiar with the uh, songs off of the first couple of albums uh, that we just kind of assume that they've had a number of albums in between. As a matter of fact, they've only had one uh, after the first two in 2007. That was their third album. Pete did. Uh, Pete Burns did do a solo album in 2001. But, you know, as we found uh, with the history of this podcast, next year will be the 40th anniversary of their first album. So uh, wow. a trend that we found. That we have. Yeah, you know, I'd like to mention who plays on the album, and uh, Steve and I both did a, a fair amount of looking around, and we, we just could not find who were the artists and what they played on this album. So I'm just going to assume that Pete Byrne, the, one of the original members, uh, did everything on the album. I, I We just have no idea. Sadly, his musical partner... Rob Fisher, he died in 1999 uh, following surgery for cancer. 
This is a really short album. It's only about 34 minutes long, so let's jump in. The album kicks off with the track Ready. There's nothing you can teach me. T-Bone, this is a great track to kick off this album. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You've got great vocals from Pete. You've got great synth work probably from Pete as well, like we said. Um, I enjoyed how the vocals sounded. He sounds great on this. They've matured a little bit. I actually really like it. It's a great way to jump back into Naked Eyes. My only complaint with this song was it's very short. Steve, you and I really think a lot alike about uh, these albums in many ways. It's not We're not always agreeing on everything. But yeah, this is the second sh- uh, shortest track on the album. I really wanted this one to go on a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, it's a great mix of synths and guitars. Uh, you know, maybe I'm the only one who feels this way. But I would swear that I was listening to a Wings album on first listen. Uh, you know, I, I I still think it's a great way to start the album. And it's funny you'd say that because I kind of pick up a couple different artists throughout this that maybe influenced. Like to me, this gave me a Beatles reference. Well, or five exactly from yeah. like the Sgt. Pepper album. Well, exactly. And Paul McCartney was you know the the main member of Wings, and so oh. there seems to be some sort of kind of maybe flow that Pete has with his uh, musical taste and his influences. So that leads us into the second track, Kiss Me Hello. The synth work that starts this song I felt was very Naked Eyes, uh, but it's it's a little bit more of a guitar-driven track for the ma- majority of the song. Yeah, and this one here, T-Bone, is one of my favorites on the album. I love not only the music on it, the vocals, the lyrics on this album. I really enjoyed the keyboard riffs. I liked how sometimes the music would pause, let Pete have his vocals out there standing almost on their own. And also the clapping, there's subtle clapping at points in this song in the background. This track sounds like it could have been straight out of the early days of A Naked Eyes, one of the first two at Naked Eyes albums. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I really found it a very appealing Yeah, I think also. this one kind of benefited more from age. If it, whether it came out back in the 80s or now, I really liked how this one sounds. This is one I'd love to hear them play live. Yeah. And I really hope maybe on this brief uh, Lost 80s tour that Pete's doing with Naked Eyes that maybe this one will work its way into the playlist. I know they're limited on what they can do, but this would be great to hear live. Yeah, we'll talk about that tour up here in just a little bit. So that leads us into the next track, number three, Piccadilly. You know, Steve, I found this to be a very sweet song. Uh, it's kind of a cross between a ballad and an up-tempo song. 
really has a beautiful chorus in it. And at times, Pete's voice really soars during the track, and I, I felt was really the highlight of it. And it's funny you'd say Pete's voice soars for the track. That's what I kind of have in my notes, but I like how he kind of adjusts his vo- voice as well. He's maybe a little softer on, on this track as he is in some of the others with his voice, and it works out perfectly. Also, the subtle use of keyboards, keyboards to match the tone of the song, but it also kind of will build up to a catchy chorus. And I think this is one that you'll find yourself humming along to or singing along to uh, once you start hearing this album. Yeah, no, I completely agree. What's one, I think it's one of the better tracks of the album. No doubt. But that leads us to the fourth track, Coming Up For Air. This is a ballad, and this ballad kind of grew on me. I would say it's probably my least favorite on the album, but that's not a bad thing. This is still a very solid, solid uh, song. I wouldn't skip it. I still enjoyed the synthesizer work on this track as well. You know, I, I gotta disagree with you a little bit. I think I like this track quite a bit more than you did. It really begins with some really moody synths and a slower drum drum beat. You're absolutely right. The pace of this track is a little bit slower, but due to that pace, this one really reminds me of Emotion in Motion, which is uh, one of my favorite yeah. early Naked Eyes songs. And uh, so I, I, I think maybe I did appreciate this one a little bit more than you, um, but that does lead into one of my favorite song on the album, which is a number five track called Future in a Photo. Photograph. I can't stand the crowded places that I used to go with you. I can't stand the smiling faces because they don't know what they do. I absolutely love the way this song starts. As a matter of fact, Steve, and let's see if you can hear this the way that I did. I think that instrumentally, I'm going to say that Tears for Fears, and I put this in quotes, stole the opening track and chords from their Tipping Point song. If you listen to the opening instrumentation of this song... is almost exactly the same as the tipping point from Tears for Fears. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I don't really think that Tears for Fears stole it from Naked Eyes, but there's a great similarity between those uh, chords on this opening song. I did not notice that. I'm off to definitely check that out. Our listeners will have to Tell us what you think as well. I did love how this uh, sounded. I like how most of these songs on this album don't really sound like each other. This one also, to me, featured some nice bass work, almost kind of a jazz bass, as well as the synthesizers work to complement each other. And it complements Pete's vocals on this to help it make a very solid song on the album. Yeah, you know, I, I think it has a fantastic blend of synths and the other instruments. And just like you mentioned, I, I really love that bass that kind of lives yeah. quietly underneath. Plus the guitar that comes in in the second half that holds this song together and ends it in a really strong way. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. And that brings us to the track Dream Together. We never
first thing I noticed on this was there was Pete uses a little bit of acoustic guitar that really makes this track musically pop. Uh, the vocals are on point and it sounds great. Another highlight on this album to me is this song. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you'd mentioned the acoustic guitar because the times that we have seen Naked Eyes, uh, usually with a great, you know, greatest hits kind of tour with lost 80s and such, he usually is playing the acoustic guitar on stage. And, uh, you know, see, this is this is the shortest track on the album, about two minutes long. Uh, it has great structure, though. Uh, I really enjoyed yes, the vocals of Pete. Um, you know, again, uh, I think, you know, just as we mentioned with Ready, the first track on the album, I easily could have seen this song go on far longer. Oh, yeah. I- I'm not sure... Uh, you know, what's behind the reasoning of it being so short. I think there's really a lot more that it could have offered and been just a little bit longer. And then we jump into the song, No Love in the World. This one to me had a little bit more of a grungy guitar sound or beat to it, but it works very well. This one also has some great backing vocals that help elevate this track. I like how the music will stop and just the vocals will start back up again. I liked how this track was also paced very well. Yeah, yeah, you know, this is definitely a little bit more of a rock track compared to the previous songs. The the synths are there, but the guitar does take the forefront. And just as you mentioned a couple of songs back, I think that's what I like about this song so much is that it is a nice change from the rest of the album. Not every song just sounds exactly yeah. the same one after another, and I think this is a perfect Sometimes example. those albums get boring where they just sound identical. Absolutely, I completely And, and it's a fine line because you don't want to start sounding like too experimental, but this one's far from that. I think each track works perfectly. Oh, absolutely. And so that takes us up to the eighth track, and along with uh, Future in a Photograph, this is one of my favorite songs on the album. It's a great title, Shut Up and Dance. I can imagine this one being a great crowd pleaser in concert if Pete is ever able to play it beyond his hits. It has a great, very simple chorus that works so well. And one of the things I like about it so much is the track just wisely builds and builds. It kind of reminds me of my favorite Wang Chung song, Let's Go, in the way it's oh, yeah. structured. It just kind of keeps building up and building up. And my favorite line in it is, when the words are hard to understand, throw up your hands. Shut up and dance. I just love that. (laughs) Yeah, this is, to me, probably my favorite song on the album. And like we said at the beginning, the reason we're doing this podcast is to get the word out there. And this is a track that truly is an example of it's a shame it's not getting the exposure it deserves. Listening to it, though, the track at times did remind me of some of like his vocal work or maybe just the style of the song as Dave Faulkner from the Hoodoo Gurus. Hmm. Kept reminding me of their guru song, uh, Get Out of Dodge. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, The guitar works on this as well. It doesn't overwhelm the track. Everything falls together perfectly. I really like the little uh, bop-bop use use in the song. And this was one that's going to be definitely added to my playlist in heavy rotation. And another one, like you said, I'd love to hear the song live. Right, yeah. And the last number of times that we've seen Naked Eyes, along with kind of all those other 
bands on those greatest hits tours is they tend to just play their hits. You're you're absolutely right. They don't have a lot of time. But uh, this one may get some it, more people out there and get some not? fans, help sell some new albums. Absolutely. I think it should. I think it would play very well live. And then we move on to the track, Richmond 4 a.m. Things slow down a bit with this ballad. There's a haunting keyboard melody that is just great, and the harmony of vocals help elevate this track up there. Definitely another one I do like on this album, and I like how it doesn't. You go from shut up and dance to a more slower one like this, and it works. The flow works perfectly. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's, you know, you're right. It's a little bit slower. It's kind of a mid-tempo yeah. song. It does start to pick up a little bit later on in the track, and it ends with a really nice measured guitar solo. I did like this track quite a bit. It, I, it's probably close up there into one of my favorites yeah. on the album. And we round out the album with the final track, Forest of Nottingham. They're filling the forests of Nottingham To make papers that never get read Her Majesty finds it amusing To imagine them losing their heads To me, this is a beautiful melody to close out the album. Again, it features some of the great acoustic guitar work we were talking about. It sounds great. Sometimes we've talked about how sometimes it sounds like an artist doesn't really know how to close out an album. This one does a great job closing it and leaves you really wanting more. You know, and here we're going to disagree because I totally understand what you're coming from on the musical side of it. But this is definitely my least favorite song on the album. It, for me, it really didn't offer too much. I, I'm not even sure if it's about Robin Hood or if there's another meaning to it. I just really didn't see it as being a, a good closer. So, yeah, we'll definitely yeah, have this to one agree I think, a little bit. I think it clicked more with me than you, and that's, that's why we're doing this. Exactly. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, so, Steve, I was really surprised how much I enjoyed this album. The first two Naked Eyes albums are fantastic. They have some of the most iconic new wave songs. This one, is, as much as I enjoyed it, it may not come necessarily as close to matching those, but it does have enough worthy songs on it to keep my interest. Uh, as I've said, there's some solid tracks on this album. It's one that I recommend both to fans of new uh, Naked Eyes, and I really think those who enjoy just some really good songs sung well will appreciate it. And see, I highly would recommend this album. It, to me, it's a very solid New Wave album. It's a very solid Naked Eyes album. Um, my only fault or complaint I have with this album is just, it's just not long enough. That's true. It makes me want to, it leaves me wanting more, which not necessarily is a bad thing. This one definitely does not have any filler tracks or tracks that feel stretched out. This album, in my opinion, does not have filler tracks, and it's a highly one that I would recommend and pick up. Well, and it was only last year, you know, 2021. So maybe in the next couple of years, we'll see another. Hopefully, we don't have to wait another, you know, 15, 20 years before we hear another album from them. But maybe we'll hear something a little bit more sooner from uh, Naked Eyes. Yeah, so definitely uh, we'll put some links in our bio for you where you can purchase the album or to get it. Definitely check it out. So as our longtime listeners know, at the end of the first album review, it's usually time for some music news. So first thing up is Simple Minds. They are previewing a new track off their Direction of the Heart album called Vision Thing. And no, that's not a cover of the Sisters of Mercy song.
that album will be coming out later this fall. And we also got a new single from uh, an older band from the 80s, Bananarama. They are back with a new album called Masquerade that comes out at the end of July, and they just dropped the new single, Favorite. Tell me the truth And then up next is a new single from Katrina and the Waves. Now this one's called Holiday. Cause every day's a holiday. Hey! Whoa! Whoa! Every day's a holiday. Katrina herself had a solo album out a few years ago, but as far as we can tell, this is under the Katrina and the Waves moniker. Uh, we're not really sure uh, when the full album will be out, but as you can guess, we will keep you posted on that. And as we kind of alluded to during the Naked Eyes review is they are part of the Lost 80s live tour. We just want to recap what that is. If maybe you have not heard of it, it's one of the big 80 tour, 80s tours that will feature Flock of Seagulls, Wang Chung, Naked Eyes, English Beat, Musical Youth, and Emotions, Stacey Q, Drama, Drama. Dramarama? Dramarama. Dramarama. Wow, yes. tongue twister. Yes. Uh, and that tour starts off August 12th in Salt Lake City and runs through September 23rd in Aurora, Illinois. Right. We've seen uh, the Lost 80s tour and other similar kind of hits tours a number of times. Yeah, it's and a they're fun always show. very enjoyable. You know, you're seeing bands that, that you may not have seen, uh, you may not even have remembered for quite some time. And so that's one of the big pluses is, is being able to experience new new uh, concerts with bands that you're yeah. familiar with. And I did like the Lost 80s. Shame on me. I kind of started taking it for granted. But after the year of 2020 where concerts were put on hold i'll never take that for granted again i'm actually kind of looking forward to it it's a good show absolutely yeah and i would highly recommend it to anybody who uh, just is a fan of that kind of genre of music you'll i think you'll have a great time yeah and check our show description we will have the link for all the tour dates Right, and then finally, uh, we just wanted to mention a couple of concerts that we were just at. Uh, first of all, we saw uh, the Violent Femmes, and Steve, I, I thought it was a great show. You know, they they uh, the the venue was too big, unfortunately. the 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 floor seats were pretty filled up, but the arena seats were it was fairly sparse, and so fortunately, we were able to move down a little bit closer to the stage. But the Violent Femmes always put on a great show, and you want to talk about always. a band whose vocals have never changed over the years yeah it's them and i mean they, they play a weber grill as part of a drum set yeah not only that but brian ritchie i oh, tell man. you he is a multi-instrumentalist extreme uh, the guy can pretty much play anything and yeah he, he was just phenomenal that night hi this is robert i'm here to see the fix and listening to the new wave music podcast and as you heard we also attended the fix they recently just played a show here in our, t- our town or our city I was a little skeptical about how big or how the venue would work for them. They uh, played a, a headlining night of, a, of an arts festival. Looks like the Fixo had a great time. There's a huge turnout. And talk about a front, a front man that knows how to work a crowd. I've always felt that way. You know, I, I felt that Richard Butler from the uh, Psychedelic Furs was a great front man. I, I think he's kind of lost something over the past few years, but Cy Kernan still really knows how to uh, to command a stage. They played five songs off their new album yeah. out of, I believe, 16 tracks, and uh, 
they were, and, and even the audience really re- had a great reception to those songs. And interestingly enough, we're going to be reviewing that new album in an upcoming episode, so you want to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, so the Fix Our Tour, and I believe they tour through the end of September, so you still have quite a bit to see them. We've got a link for their oh. tour dates in our show description. Please check that out. And I think the Twist Fix is, like you said, a great show to see. They do play a mix of some of the new live stuff off their album every five seconds, which we will be covering and doing a deep dive here in the next few episodes, as well as they play the hits. To close out this episode, we're going to be covering the new album from the band X Propaganda, who actually is pretty much propaganda. You're going to remember them from such hits as Duel. machinery. is called The Heart is Strange, and it came out this year, just about a month ago, called in 2022. Uh, this was a band that, and you know, many people are very familiar with them. They had uh, they formed in 1982, 40 years ago, which is a common theme with our kind of music. A Secret Wish was released in 85, and then an, another album from the band called 1234 was released in 90, though most people are not familiar with that album. It had a little bit of involvement with some of the original members, but most of it had changed. I even remember having that album, not caring for it all that much, and now I have no idea where it is. I just remember Propaganda only has one album, A Secret Wish. That other one doesn't exist. Yeah, one, two, three, four is just not really worth it. So this one has uh, original members Claudia Bruken and Suzanne Freytag. And interestingly enough, uh, this album was produced by the same producer as the first Propaganda album, Stephen Lipson. I believe, now we haven't really been able to find a whole lot of information on who played on this album, but I do believe that Stephen Lipson did a lot of the uh, uh, instrumentation Yeah, I did see that on there. And there's some other little bit of tidbit. In 2018, Suzanne and Claudia started performing at uh, several festivals across Europe under the name Duel Together, which led them to form ex-propaganda. Oh, interesting. Okay. And this also does have Terry Edwards on horns. I was able to find that out. Now, Steve, you might find this very interesting. Original member Michael Mortens was approached to be involved with this album, and he declined. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So again, this is a relatively short album. It's about 42 minutes long. That includes the last song, which is 10 minutes long. Well, I would... this, This version of the album is relatively short. There, Good point. There, this is the standard version we're going to recover. There is a deluxe, which will cover the, the normal studio album, every song remixed, 
and every song is an inst- instrumentation. Yeah. So if you want to go about, you know, an hour and a half full of different of the same music over and over again, you know, all all uh, you know, pr- good for you. But uh, no, I'll just stick with the uh, the regular album. Yeah. So let's ju- let's jump into this and see how this album holds up to their prior work. The album kicks off with the track "The Night." This one, in a way, kind of reminds me of another propaganda song, A Dream Within a Dream. Hmm. That semi, it kind of feels like it has a little bit of semi-music callbacks from the beats to the horns, and then after a few minutes, the lyrics start to come in and, and really capture you in this song. Yeah, yeah, this is a fantastic way to open the album. No kidding. Uh, you know, the, one of the notes here I have is Welcome Back, Old Friend. You mentioned the horns, they're kind of muted, and, and such an amazing way to start off this album and the track. They just scream propaganda. Claudia doesn't even come in until about two minutes into the song. She has a line that says, step outside and beat the drum. the track had been kind of muted kind of just moving along the moment she says that then the beat really hits in at that point it takes over and it just makes it a wonderful track yeah i could not agree more with you on that one (laughs) i really like the phrase welcome back old friend that is exactly a way good way to sum up this song yes jumps us to the second song chasing utopia Another great track off of this album. So far, I'm going to say it's two for two. Oh, absolutely. This one has almost the beat on this one is almost a jazz beat. You get a mix of spoken word and sung vocals and and just a slight guitar solo that that kind of just holds this track together perfectly. I really enjoyed this track. Yeah, as did I. You know, I, I really love, again, kind of a muted beat that starts the track until the main beat comes in. Both Claudia and Suzanne uh, sing uh, in, in wonderful harmony on this track. Yep. Uh, mixed in uh, with the, tip, the typical sense that you'd find in a propaganda song, like you mentioned, are some guitars and horns. They both play a big part in the song with the trumpet being the highlight. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And that takes us on to the third track, Beauty is Truth. Beauty is Truth. Lies, lies, lies. Truth is beauty in your eyes, eyes, eyes. The clock on the wall that has no hand. This one has a great combination again of both singers. Now, Freytag generally is more speaking and Brooken singing, which I think you know, we're going to find this is a pretty common trait on the album. In addition, fantastic synth work that equal equally wonderfully driving beat that goes along with it. T-Bone, I've almost got your notes word for word. <laughs> I love how this track opens with some great synth work. 
I also really like how they take the lyrics that kind of contrast each other. Absolutely. And they split it up between Claudia and Susan. Vocally, they complement the off-complementing points of the song. And it is so familiar. Yeah. You know, it's it's just what we knew from back at A, a Secret Wish. It's This so far is everything I wanted after A Secret Wish. Uh, yeah, and, and so many years later. Absolutely. So that brings us up to the fourth track, Only Human. Kept on questioning who on earth I kind of a funky synth to open the song as well as I, I just found Brooken's vocals to just be dreamy on this one. Oh likewise I have my, my notes here. Uh, the vocals shine and make this track outstanding. They elevate it to that next level. Lyric wise I really enjoyed the lyrics kind of they're kind of simple even as I'm only human I did the best I could. I depend on you to be understood. Huh. Very nice. So that takes us up to the fifth track, Don't You Mess With Me. Steve, this is my favorite track on the album. Uh, this song, not only with the beats and the and the synth flourishes, probably is the one that reminds me most of early propaganda. For me, though, it's the vocals that make this song. Both singers get in the act, alternating. Freytag, again, uh, is a bit much more spoken vocal style, while Bruken is the singer. It works perfectly. And let me just say, if you haven't seen the video for it, it's nothing greatly fancy or anything, but it is an awesome video. Yeah, and this was the lead single off of the album, and, and for good reason. It's an outstanding, solid track. It's one of my favorites. Sounds like it's your favorite as well. Yes. And if you're a fan of propaganda or new wave music and you need some convincing to, to give propaganda or, excuse me, ex-propaganda a shot, this is definitely the song to pull you in. Yeah. As we've said numerous times, it's a shame that these artists aren't getting major exposure. Very true. This song just is one that would just back in the day scream airplay off the, off the airwaves. Yeah. That takes us to the track No Ordinary Girl. Is this normal? Again, this one, Claudia and Susan's vocals get a shine and works perfectly with the music, with the synth work. Uh, there's a good use of blend of, of electric guitars into this one as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It opens with some great guitar line that's both simple and lush, and then it comes out a little bit stronger later in the song. I think it works perfectly with the beat and fits right in. Again, Freytag has more of a spoken line approach to close the song, but it feels entirely appropriate for this track. We jump into the next track, The Wolves Are Returning. Nothing is clear. The 
this one is one of my favorites on the album. We talked about it, or I talked about it at the beginning of the album, how the first track reminded me of a throwback to one of the earlier songs. This one reminds me of a throwback a little bit to Dr. Mabuse, particularly with that bass and that drum beat. That's very infectious. I really liked how it went from spoken lyrics to kicking into a great drum beat, great use of synthesizers, great work of horns. And even the lyrics on here were standouts, such as instead of doing nothing, I should have done something, I chose to look away. Yeah, this song, uh, also one of my favorites on the album. I think it's a strong reminder of the first album, especially the way the vocals are presented. Uh, you know, uh, not to repeat myself over and over, but Freytag comes in with more spoken vocals. But yeah. again, they just don't become tiresome. And that's what I like so much about it. Yeah. Um, I, but I think we've come to expect that from her. And, and not only from A Secret Wish, but from, uh, you know, but by now on this album as well, there is a little bit of a, a harsh sax that's introduced late in the song. Uh, it's a little bit jarring, but it still works. And the pace of this song just builds and builds until the climactic end. I think it's just an oh, absolutely I love how it just kind of builds up to that frenzy. Yeah, yeah you're it's absolutely so good. right. And that leads us to, unfortunately, my least favorite al- song on this album, Ribbons of Steel. Back to the city. Steve, I just didn't care for this. It's almost 10 minutes long. I know we've joked about in the past that I don't get into long songs. It always depends on the song, but this one just did not work for me. It could have been cut in half for the most part, and I hate to use the word bored, but I got tired of it midway through. I I must say the instrumentation on it is very good, and and oftentimes it's very mesmerizing. I did enjoy the smooth horns that come in late in the song. Freytag almost exclusively exclusively does all spoken word throughout the song. Bruken come, kind of comes in a little bit late on it to do a little bit of singing. But, you know, I get a feeling that maybe that while I didn't really appreciate this song, others might. And that's where I'm going to come in. I would say, Tebow, on this one, me and you are going to disagree. Oh. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Um, to me, it was a good callback. So, and propaganda, if you're listening to some of their albums, some of them are heavy on the instrumentation, and they do, they're not quick three, four-minute radio-friendly tracks. This one has, is nine, mem- in my opinion, nine minutes of mesmerizing uh, keyboards, harmony, vocal, spoken word, lyrics, like you said. This one pulled me in, and I, I really I really did enjoy it. It did not feel nine minutes in okay. to me. Well, you know, and we'll just, we'll just have to disagree on it. I did like the musicianship more than I liked the overall song, but we'll just have to you know, move past this. Um, so, I really feel that for the most part, you can't go wrong with this album. Uh, we've recently talked to a number of people about uh, you know about the podcast itself, and no surprise that even though they are huge fans of this band, they had no idea there was a new album. Yeah, overall, this is a very solid album. It's a Secret Wish was an outstanding album as well. This ranks right up there with it. 
Yeah. And I really can't say which one is my favorite at this point wow. because they kind of go back and forth. Well, you know, um, this album is missing maybe some of that experimental sound that was part of that classic 1985 album. But it does have enough that's familiar, especially the wonderful vocals, which will remind any fan of that great album. Uh, even those that aren't familiar with A Secret Wish, I believe they can enjoy this. the songs on this album. Now, despite my reservations on that final track, Steve, I'm going to give this probably about the highest recommendation I can get. Fans of the band, and especially those that have a love of those two wonderful vocalists, will unquestionably find great delight in what they're given here decades later. My only hope, Steve, is that, that this project was enjoyable for them and, more importantly, successful enough that it won't be the last that we've heard from them. I can't agree more. I wish we hopefully will have another album sooner than later with with them. This one album here would stand out right now. It's going to be in my top of the year. Not necessarily, it might not be my top album, but it's probably definitely in my top five so far this year. And I just love the fact that we've covered so many new albums this year from new wave artists that are great yeah, it coming is, out this year. I could right. not believe that. Yeah, and, and sometimes they're just kind of surprises. You know, I, I, if I remember right, Steve, wasn't it one of our listeners that recommended the new Naked Eyes album? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And so we'd love to hear from you to give us ideas of maybe albums that we missed. Uh, you know, it, and it doesn't even have to be brand new, 2022. It could be something that came out a few years ago. Maybe maybe it just skipped us for some reason. We would love to hear back from you. Uh, you can email us at don'tyouforgetpodcast at yahoo.com. Of course, you can always uh, check out our TikTok page. Just look up Don't You Forget or New Wave Music Podcast, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, and just like you said, T-Bone, we love hearing listener interactions. Actually help plan some of our summer lineup. We've got um, bands coming up. What A couple of them have been listener suggestions. Our next upcoming episode is going to feature the brand new album from The Alarm and the most recent album from Gene Loves Jezebel. Yeah, you know, it's been a while since we've heard from Gene Loves Jezebel. This album is not brand new, but it's a few years ago. A few years ago. Uh, the Alarm is brand new. This one just came out about a month ago, so I'm really excited to delve into that one. Yeah, and, and thank you again once again for our listeners and those new listeners as well for all your support. It means a lot. Please like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. It does help us tremendously, and you never know. You may have see a sneak episode in between here and there. You never know. We might have a little interview coming up here or there. We'll just that could have be to, a hint. Hmm. Yeah, a little surprise. 